Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Legal Conversations. Let's welcome our first A-team guest who's no stranger to the Late Night Conversations, Bongane Kanyile, who's an attorney and a director at Bongane Kanyile Attorneys. A warm welcome to you, Budwami. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. Who's You've got us grooving this evening. How are you? <laughs> you know, it's so difficult to get a legal eagle like yourself grooving. So clearly <laughs> Benzito has done a great job. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> well, we need, we need something to ease off the tension. Pressures are high everywhere, especially when it comes to legal matters. I mean, um, you're having a discussion some, this week with uh, Justice Cameron uh, about, uh, you know, judges and the TRC. Why are you mm. walking up, waking up with the ghost of the past? Why is this so important? Look, Pat, um, I think, let, let's face it, with the rise of what we call lawfare, where politicians are, are bringing political questions to the courts to be settled legally, has come a lot of criticism because courts have been making, obviously, when parties bring a decision for the courts, you know, one is going to walk away happy, the other one will walk away not happy. There's never something called a draw in any legal, um, you know, contestation. You look at what Helen Villa hinted about the ANC's withdrawal of the bid to the electoral court, she suggested that the, the, the NC may have heard or been appraised of a finding by the concourse, meaning that the court would have leaked its decision. That's scathing. And it raises huge legal discourse around the public's confidence or lack thereof in our court. There now comes a need for us to go back historically through the hands of time and ask ourselves, where is the genesis of this love-hate relationship, dare I say, between the public and the court? It's been a delicate relationship. And my diagnosis being a student of history goes back to the TRC process, where I think a moment may have been missed between judges and the public, where the TRC, chaired by uh, Archbishop Benson Didi, invited the judges to take uh, the public's confidence as to the role it played in aiding and abetting apartheid. And the judges simply decided to submit in writing their representation and refused to subject themselves. This is where it all started. And you're quite correct, Ted, when you're talking about politicians being labeling judges as counter-revolutionaries. There's got to be a point of departure for that. And that comes from the fact that politicians look at judges and say, you're not remorseful for what you did. You were, you were instrumental in upholding apartheid law. We don't know whether we can trust you even now as a democratic society and a democratic presentation. That's where all things start. It is very clear that uh, the ghost of the past is uh, always lingering around to uh, wake us up with the rude awakening. I mean, we're looking at uh, the current landscape in South Africa. And yes, there are a lot of questions around judiciary and decisions taken by judges and the the powers that judges have. So maybe since you've been talking about the past, why did the judges refuse to subject themselves to the process of the TRC? Well, um, the, the submission that were made the then Chief Justice, Justice Corbett, was that, look, uh, number one, when judges, you know, adjudicated matters under the apartheid regime, at the time, there was parliamentary sovereignty, which is opposite to what you have now, which is a constitutional sovereignty, where every law that's passed by parliament must be uh, tested by, by the constitutional court, using the constitution. 
So the justification, the first level of justification is understanding the submission by Justice uh, Corbett was that, well, the judges who would have adjudicated cases at the time, you know, were doing so following the prescripts of, um, of the apartheid regime at the time. Now, that argument is counter-argued by Eisenhower, who says, no, maybe, maybe they should have, those moral judges, as we call them, should have resigned you know, in protest to say, we don't want to uphold this law, we don't believe in this law, so we're not going to be in the bench. Whether we believe that would have been the right because is a matter of debate. The second leg, uh, which is a, a little more controversial also, is whether their failure could be, Justice Corbett said, it's a result of judicial independence. If judges had to account for the decision they took during uh, the apartheid, you name it, whether you call the state legal inquest, whether 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 uh, you call it uh, the Ahmed Timo, which is now under contemporary discourse as well, the decision that was questionable, he said, look, if you ask that to account, then we interfere with the independence because judges shouldn't respond and account to anybody. That's a very questionable issue to say, whether the question is who polices the police, who determines if the judges are right or wrong, if they are their own final arbiter, you know. So, 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 so it depends where you're looking at, whether they should have come or they should not. But they say, look, our judicial independence uh, responsibility required us not to subject ourselves. That's why the commission hinted whether should they subpoena the judges. They never pursued that. And hence the judges, inverted commas, were, were off the hook in terms of being cross-examined on their role that they played. Hey, Timas, let me open up the lines to you to uh, come in on this conversation. I mean, do you still have, do you, do you still have um, confidence in our judiciary system, um, given the light of our history that uh, Bongani Kangile has just highlighted for us? And looking at what's currently happening in the legal space, do you feel that we should be having judges come and become accountable for all actions and decisions taken from back in the day, um, including the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Call in, let me know, 011-714-2006, or you can WhatsApp on 614 SMSs go to 41391. Our guest, Bongane uh, Kanyile, who's an attorney and a director at Bongane Kanyile Attorneys. Now, Bongane, it's 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 very good that we have started questioning things that in the past were previously just left to be. But for us as South Africans right now, I mean, if we were to ask you for your hindsight, what should the judges have done when it came to the TRC? Look, I, I, I certainly don't want to give away my stance because of the coming interview with the justice. Uh, but 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 what I can say. For now, number one, being a being a, a practitioner who's black in the Supreme Court, there's a psychological dynamic to this. When you look back uh, in in history, you realize that prior to 1992, which is the time where we started our constitutional project and our constitutional reform, there was not a single black judge in the bench. There were only two female judges that ever served in the bench at the time in the history of the South African judiciary. The question is, if you were a black litigant now, currently, and, and you are looking at your positionality with the court, which previously did not constitute any person you could identify with, be it race or be it gender, did you feel confident that 
that this was going to this justice was going to be given you. That's one side. The second element is even now, given the hostile relationship between the public, the majority of people in South Africa versus the the, 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 the judges now, whether they've transformed, they've become black, could we not have used the moment, the TRC moment, to really explain to the public that look, you were at the time subject to laws that were unfavorable to you, but now we we we, we actually commit that under the constitutional dispensation, we will provide law defense, law and justice without fear, favor of prejudice. Maybe that was needed for reconciliation purposes. Maybe if that was done, perhaps the majority of people won't look at that and say, oh, well, you are stupid. Oh, well, you are at the back and call of politicians. You are at the field of politicians. All these attacks that are happening right now, they are coming from this failure uh, that probably was missed. Yeah, I say it was missed by the judges, although they may, they may something, say something different. You know, we could have a, a different psychological relationship as it stands now. Let me go to the lines. We've got Anonymous here. Good evening, ATMA Anonymous. Good morning, Fifi. Good morning, Go ahead. Oh, okay. Good morning, Fifi. I hope you see Apila too. I just want to say something, you know, with your guest uh, who's an attorney, that you say that, you know, we should bring back, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, the judges uh, and brought a book uh, for uh, for uh, for the transactions that took place in the past. Maybe innocent people have been put in prison because of friends and because of families and because of favoritism and because of racism. There were so many things that were happening in the past. And um, as your gentleman, I just ask a question: but why is it in in KZN we don't have um, uh, 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 municipal uh, law? Court in Cape Town, they got. I heard in the news that in Cape Town they got a municipal law court, according to Helen Zille. Why don't we have a municipal court law in in KZN where we can take the municipal problems to these courts and resolve the problem, uh, problem instead of paying exorbitant amounts uh, uh, in in the court of law? You know, uh, when it's a municipal problem, it's not like a murder or like a rape or any out of those that the court should be t- uh, take, uh, responsible for. But this uh, is responsible only for the people uh, in the municipal uh, municipal problems. All right. Uh, thanks for the question. Bongane, you. can you respond? Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of, of ombudsmen that deal with such such issues as municipal disputes. Uh, but to, to answer from, I suppose, uh, a philosophical point of view, it, the, the issue of having forums, is a, is a political issue. It, it's not a lacuna in law and judges. Judges can't come and say, let's create this particular uh, legal forum. The politicians must have a political will to say, look, this is how we want our disputes uh, arbitrated. And, and, and then they can set up the forum such as the ombudsman, uh, which, is, which is what is prevalent now when it comes to municipality, whether it's ombudsman, uh, for the people of Durban, for instance, and they can have the equivalent uh, in Durban or, or in KZN as a whole. So that's a political question which needs to be answered politically. It will be unfair, I mean, to say the judges or the lawyers aren't, you know, making these platforms available in terms of access of justice. It is a valid concern, but the next elections are coming up, and <laughs> people should 
to take those those that, that want to, to run for such positions to talk on that. What makes this conversation that you're about to have so interesting is the fact that you will be in conversation with uh, Justice Cameron. Um, and and I feel that it's going to be one that is quite robust because when I look at his history, um, mm-hmm. pertaining South African law and his activism mm-hmm. around many issues, um, he's yep. a very outspoken and very articulate uh, uh, justice. Yep. This. So w- what, what, what are you anticipating his thoughts to be? Uh, you spoke on about, you know, explaining the kind of a man he is. He's uh, as humble as he is in all his achievements. Um, he, he is indeed robust. Uh, he's very engaging, uh, albeit also very intellectual. What, what I like about him, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a student of his jurisprudence, is one, whether I believe or not in some of the issues he stands for, I love his conviction. In, a, in principles we believe in, number one. Number two, I like his frankness. So, so, so he doesn't shy away from taking a position. He leaves it up to you whether you agree with him or not. So I'm expecting him to come to me and not hide under legal jargon, you know, to justify his colleagues. Of course, he's, he's got to be careful. I'm sure he would be careful in, um, in how he articulates because he cannot criticize his colleagues. But he's been very vocal in the topic, number one. He's made uh, a lot of contributions in this topic, even though at the time when um, when this was done, when the report was done by COVID, his then uh, colleagues were still at the bench, and he came over. As, I think it was the second or third layer of judges that came through. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm thinking now, in hindsight, having sat and served his full term in the concourse, the apex of the country, and having sitting back now as a citizen of this country, is he still of the view? Is he convicted that? That was the right decision not to submit themselves as a judiciary uh, to, the, to, the co- to the commission. Is he really saying that he's sustainable, that decision is sustainable with the benefit of hindsight? I'm looking forward to that. So, so obviously the questions I'll ask uh, would not be timid questions. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely ask questions that, that may be deemed to be controversial where we, we really need a clear start of the issue. I could think of no better man than him to have this discourse with so, I mean, I look at a case such as that of Ahmed uh, Timol um, yes. and, uh, you know, the policeman, uh, Rodriguez, who was charged with this murder, who has now passed away. I mean, mm-hmm. w- what will then this leave this case as? Will the case be closed? Will the judges, you know, now be open to talk about it now that the, the perpetrator of the murder has passed on? Firstly, it, it's unfortunate, um, you know, that an inquest came so late and, and, and crucial Most people definitely. who, you know, who have evidence, first-hand evidence, um, would have really been taken to task. I think we should be careful here, not that the aim of reopening such cases as the inquest of Ahmed Timor, Timor is not to say people must be prosecuted for their things. It's more a, therapy, a therapeutic exercise that was missed during the transition for the family. There's no closure. Uh, there's no accountability. Fortunately, in the Ahmed Timo case, although um, the, the, the constable involved would have passed away, you still have records of that trial. There's a book um, that, that um, the late advocate George Bezos wrote, you know, on, on, on some of the, it, it's called No One to Blame, 
the evidence that is discussed there is quite clear, which we still have today, so that it can still be something that comes out of the whole thing. And if, if it comes out that, look, he was murdered, he, was, he didn't fall from that uh, prison, then, then for the family, it's closure, even though not a single person may go to jail. I think we need to look at the issue of retribution. Retribution uh, doesn't necessarily mean that somebody must go to jail. It simply means that at least justice is done in, in the full concept of offense surrounding a particular issue, no matter what the consequences were, but that we know that this person died and the real reason for their death was murder, not what was what was given on record as serious activities. And, and, and of course, the magistrate's conduct in, in this whole thing uh, at the judge of court during the public presentation was obviously um, quite questionable with respect, you know, the finding that was made. Let me go to this message from Kabiso before we wrap up. Kabiso is in Bloemfontein and says, Good evening, Sis Pat. Well, one would anticipate judges to be independent and uncaptured by the third forces, but apparently here in South Africa, we have our judiciary system being captured by the high profiles to influence certain judgments. Well, I think it is a no-brainer that the richest amongst ourselves will definitely never face the full might of the law. The law is for the poor in this country, not the privileged minority. And this is an A-team who is an ordinary South African. I mean, on that note, I think, uh, Bongane, weigh in and then tell us how do we join in on the conversation that you'll be having because it's one that's definitely interesting, but I hope it's one that will have, uh, you know, action points. So, um, look... um, I hear, I hear the eighty-one comment. Um, I, I will never. I'm, I'm, I'm not of the view that judges are captured in this constitutional presentation. I have seen no single thread of evidence uh, that judges are actually captured, and it goes to what I'm saying about people finding, you know, decisions problematic because they don't believe with them. There's no evidence before us that shows that. Um, and, 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 and two. To join in into the conversation, which I, I encourage everybody to public discourse, that I encourage everybody to join in, is, you, you know, it's not every day you hear judges speaking about such controversial, uh, important issues, because judges don't like to speak about their, their work, you know. So it's quite a privilege that, that I have, and, and certainly the public has, to listen and weigh in on the discourse. So one would have to go to my, 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 my social media pages, for the Zoom link uh, on on Facebook, I'm Bongani Kanile Kalutuli. Bongani Kanile Kalutuli, and I share the Zoom link and um, for Thursday at half past five. That's the conversation we're having with the justice. And then uh, on 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 Twitter, I am jurist underscore Lutuli, jurist underscore Lutuli, same as, as Instagram. And there uh, you will find the the link. And I'm looking forward to this important this cause with the justice. And thanks, thanks for having me tonight. Thank you very much for joining us, Bongan. Have a great time.